Here's what I think is true for all of us, is that everybody is devoted to something. Everybody is uh, letting their life be steered by something or by someone. The challenge that we face is not everyone has thoughtfully decided what you're going to let that be. You might have just kind of moved in or kind of merged into all of a sudden my life is, and again, I didn't, I didn't make a conscious effort to do it, but I'm devoted to money. That's just the thing that drives my life and it's the thing that makes my life go and it's the thing that tells me where, what I can do and what I can't do. I'm just devoted to this. And it's true for, for all of us. We are all devoted to something. We all, here's the way we're gonna say it today, we all serve Something. Some of us, we serve ourselves. We serve, this is what I feel like in this moment, and if I feel it, that's what I'm going to do. The challenge for Christians, the challenge for people that have decided to follow Jesus, is here's what Jesus said about that, is that no one, you can't outsmart it, you can't find a loophole, no one can serve two masters. That, that you'll be devoted to one and you'll, hate the other, or you'll hate the one, and you'll be devoted to it. That's what, what Jesus said. Now, that's not to say you can't have things that you're passionate about more than one thing, because, of course, many of us have that. But Jesus said, and if Jesus is telling the truth, and I think that our life oftentimes bears it out, is that you can only have one master. You can have interests and desires, but what the thing that you're devoted to is really the thing that directs and navigates and steers your life. And so if I'm devoted to money, that's just an easy example, that's the thing that at the end of the day, it's what tells me what I can do and what I can't do. Or I was devoted to a good time and now I'm so deeply into debt or I was devoted to what feels good in the moment so I'm so deeply into debt that it's not that I'm devoted to money, it's just that money runs my life because it tells me you can't go on that vacation, you can't take that extra day off, you can't go and do this nice thing because you're just so far in the weeds and I, it was just because at one point I was devoted to something. And so as we get to the end of Joshua, Joshua has gotten to be an old man, and you can read the story for yourself, but the Israel people have come into the land, and they fought all sorts of battles, and God has given them extraordinary, extraordinary victory, and Joshua knows that he's near the end of his life. He knows that he's going to be around very much longer, and so he kind of gives them the, hey, here's the last things that I want you to remember speech. You've ever heard one of those, or maybe you've done those? If, if you only are going to remember one thing that I tell you, here's what I want you to remember, and that's really what Joshua chapter 24 is. And Joshua invites the Israelite people, and I think he invites you and I, that you can have lots of interests and you can have lots of things that you're passionate about, lots of things that you're excited about. It's great to want to make money. It's great to want to be an influencer. It's great to have nicer things. Those are all wonderful. I just don't want you to be devoted to those and so Joshua invites the Israelite people, and I think he invites us to us to consider being devoted to serving your heavenly Father, to serving God. And goes beyond just I attend a, a church service every now and again, or maybe I open up my Bible or I pray. He says, no, I want you to really dive into I'm devoted to serving God. It's not just this thing that I add to my life, that it becomes 
my life. It's not something that I have all of the extra that I'm doing, and then if there's time, I put God in there. No, God is the centrality. He is the focus. He is the devotion of my life. And Joshua gives us reasons why he thinks God is worth devotion. He gives us reasons why he thinks that God is worth us saying, I am going to serve you. I'm not just going to be a church attender. I'm going to be a servant of God. And so he gives us some things that as you consider and as I consider the things that I'm going to serve or who I'm going to serve, I think it's worth considering these three questions that Joshua kind of posts. The first one is this, is the, the thing that you're serving or the person or whatever it is, the career that you're devoted to, or if it's God, what Joshua's invitation is, is number one is what has it given you in the past? As you weigh all of the things that you could be devoted to, as you weigh all of the things that could steer your life, and if Jesus is telling the truth that no one can serve more than one thing, as I consider what am I going to place my life into its hands, what has it given me in the past? And so Joshua starts Joshua chapter 4 with, let me tell you, as you consider serving God, or as you consider my invitation to uh, uh, abandon all of these other gods and serve only the creator God, I want you to give, I want you to listen to why I think God is worth that. And so he starts with just a list of all of the things that God has done for the people of Israel. Let me read to you Joshua chapter 24. I'm not going to be able to pronounce all of the words. I'll just tell you that right up front. But Joshua chapter 4 verses 1 through 14. And just listen to what Joshua's saying. Again, here in just a little bit, Joshua is going to say, as for me, and you've maybe have this on your fridge or at your house somewhere. It's a really famous portion of scripture. Joshua is getting ready to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's, that's what he says. And, but as you listen to this, I want you to think about when you put what you want to serve and what you're devoted with against what God has given, what weighs more? What has given you more than what God has given you? That's what Joshua is asking the people. Joshua chapter 4, excuse me, 24, verses 1 through 14 says this. Joshua summoned all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, including their elders, leaders and judges and officers, so they came and presented themselves to God. Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Norah, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshiped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir while Jacob and his children went to Egypt. Then, and then he starts to list it. He just bangs it off. Here's what I've done. Here's what I've done. Before I ask you to serve me, I want to give you reasons why I think that I'm worth serving. Then I sent Moses and Aaron. I brought terrible plagues on Egypt. And afterwards, I brought you out as a free people. And when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and charioteers. When your ancestors cry out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. With your very own eyes, you saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. You're, you're catching a theme. God is saying, listen, I mean, just look backwards a little bit and look at what all the things that I have done for you. I gave you victory over them. 
and you took possession of that. In other words, you were a beneficiary of the things that I did. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, started a war against Israel. He summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you, but I would not listen to him. Instead, I made Balaam bless you, and so I rescued you from Balak. When you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, but I gave you victory over them, and I sent terror ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. I gave you land that you had not worked on and gave you towns that you did not build. The towns where you are living now, I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. And so God says, hey, just weigh me. Just think about all the things that I've done for you and then I want you to weigh that against other gods that you might serve or other things that you might devote, be devoted to. And I want you just to take an anonymous assessment and say, what weighs more? What has given you more value? And in your life, you have to answer the, the same question. What, what the, the question that Joshua was actually asking the Israelites is the same question that you have to answer for yourself. Is God worth serving? Is God worth serving? What, what is it that God has given to you? When you think about your life, and when you think about your past, and you think about the choices that you've made, and then you think about what God, God has given you, is God worth serving? Or is money worth serving? Or is relationships worth serving? Or your career worth serving? Or, or what is it? Because again, we all serve something. We're all devoted to something. And sometimes we get into the habit of just saying, I'm going to serve all of these other things and I'm going to kind of sneak God in my side pocket. And God says, I'm not that interested in just being your kind of sidekick. I'm not that interested in being the one that you just call on as a 911 call. I, I want to be the one that you serve. And here's the reasons why. I mean, we just start at the cross. I mean, that while we were yet sinners, while you were a sinner, what did Jesus do? He died for you. Before you ever did the right thing, before you could ever ask God to help you, before you could ever make the right choice, God in his mercy decided they're worth saving. They are worth suffering for. That's what God has done for you. But it goes beyond that. You can, you can look back, and I could bring some people up on the stage and talk about how God has given them peace and how God has given them joy and how God has given them grace and, and guidance and wisdom and understanding. And story after story after story of when I was in the weeds and when I was in the darkness and when I was unfaithful and when I went my own way, God was still there. And so when I weigh God against all of the other options, is God worth serving? There's this wonderful, wonderful passage of scripture in Psalm 18. You don't have to turn there. It's gonna be here on the screen. I heard this scripture when I was a teenager and it has just struck by me. And I just over and over again have, have recited these words from Psalm 18. And this is the answer to the question, what has God done for you? He says this, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. Some of you can relate to that. Some of you can look back and say, you know what, when I was weak, God gave me strength. But not only that, the Lord is my rock. It's 
It's my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me in my place of safety. I called on the Lord. Some of you have done that. Who is worthy of praise and what did he do? He, he saved me. And some of you have stories exactly like that. That you, I mean, you called on God when all hell was breaking loose in your life and, and God came through for you. God did what nobody else could do. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Again, some of you could have stories about that. I prayed to my God. Even though, even though on paper, he probably should ignore me. Even though on paper, when I look at my life and when I look at my history, he should have went to somebody else, somebody that was better. When I prayed to God for help, he heard me from a sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were, those, and were too strong for me. He, they attacked me at the moment when I was in distress. Anybody ever had that? You got stabbed in the back. Somebody that you'd counted on abandoned you. Somebody that you'd put a lot of faith in was nowhere to be found when you needed them to most. And when you cried out to God, God was the only one that answered that call. Some of you have had that story. The Lord supported me. Nobody else supported me, but the Lord did. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. Is God worth serving? Is God worth devoting your life to? And I know it's easy to, and this is, I mean, Joshua kind of, we're getting ready to see here in a little bit, he really kind of puts the screws to people. And I don't want to be like, you know, harsh and in your face, but this is just what Joshua is saying. You and I, we will serve something. And Jesus, as he was doing his ministry, we've talked about this before, he kind of let people know what it was gonna cost to serve him because there is certainly a cost. We're gonna see that here in a second. And so people started to leave Jesus and Jesus looked at his 12 disciples and they, he said, hey, do you wanna go too? Do you wanna abandon me too? And one of his disciples kind of looked around and he just said this beautiful line, to whom else should we go? To whom shall we go? And we've talked about this before, but in your life, as you consider what is the thing that you're gonna devote your life to? What is going to be your master? A question that you owe yourself to ask. And if you're reaching for the door and thinking I'm just gonna leave faith behind and this hasn't come through for me, here's the question before you go, you should answer this question. If not Jesus who, if not Jesus what? If not Jesus who, if not Jesus, what? If you're not gonna follow Jesus, if you're not gonna devote your life to serving God, who or what am I going to follow? And if I'm not going to build my life on Jesus, who or what am I going to build it on? And is that thing strong enough to sustain me? Is that thing heavier than what God has given? And if it is a better option, and if it has come through for you better than God has come through for you, and if he's given more than what God has given you, then absolutely, you should go serve that thing. No question. If, if, if what you have experienced from that other thing or that other person weighs more than what God has done, then by all means, you know exactly what you should devote your life to. But until you find something that is more generous and more faithful and more gracious and more merciful and more loving and more forgiving than God, I would encourage you, if not Jesus who, if not Jesus 
what? Until I find a better offer, I'm just gonna stick with Jesus because as I look at my life and as I look at what God has given me in my life, the question that is God worth serving, well, yes, because of all that he's given me. And the challenge that we sometimes face is, is that we think that we've got to do things in order to get God to be faithful to us, but that's just backwards thinking. That if you have grown up in a church environment that it's just all guilt, 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 you should have done better, I can't believe you would, oh God's gonna be mad at you and God's not gonna answer your prayer. Let me just tell you, that, that's not the God that we find here in, in Scripture. The God that we find in Scripture gives, 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 and then he asks, based on what I have given you, I want you to serve me. Based on all that I have given to you, I want you to devote your life to me. I want you to give your life because look at what my past has given you. Look at what I've been doing for you. And so, as you think about what am I gonna be devoted to, I ask what has it given me in the past, and then, what is it asking from you in the present? Because everything that we're devoted to comes at a price. Everything that we give our life to, we have to pay that thing. And so, it, what is it asking of us in the future? And so, we start back in verse number uh, 14 from, from uh, uh, Joshua chapter 24, and the first word is, is this, so, so. Remember all those things that we read 1 through 13? How God just, I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it. Because of me, you were able. Then he puts this word. So, fear the Lord and serve him. Not, not, not on, and this is, again, I'm not trying to, to step on any toes or get in anybody's face, but he, he says, serve him not 10.15 to 11.15 on Sunday mornings. Not, not just when everything is right and everything is good. So, verses 1 through 13, fear the Lord, serve him, be devoted, let him be the master wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But, but, if you refuse to serve the Lord, you might have come up with a better option. You, you might have found something that is better to serve. If you serve the Lord, then here's that, here's that famous verse. Choose today. Who, who is it? Don't, don't just ease into or accidentally exit onto serving something. You owe it to yourself to know what you're serving. So if it's not going to be God, sit down at the kitchen table and decide, I'm gonna serve money. If it's not going to be God, sit down at the kitchen table and say, I'm gonna serve pleasure. That's what, that's what I'm serving. Whatever it takes for me to feel pleasure at any given moment, that's the thing that I'm serving. If you're not gonna serve God, choose what it will be that you serve. Don't, don't just kind of accidentally happen into it. You should know, you, you owe it to yourself to know what it is that you are serving. Choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer money or pleasure, influence, relationship? Would you prefer that? Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But, and then Joshua says this famous line. But as for me, when I look at all of the things that God has done, 
when I weigh what God has given me based on what these other things have given me, when I look at what God has given me versus what the idols have given me, but it's for me and my house, I can't, I can't tell anybody else what to do, but for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. The people said, yeah, well, yeah, we would never abandon the Lord and, and serve other gods. All right then, Joshua said, there's a price. There's a, there's a cost to that. There's a cost to serving money. There's a cost to serving pleasure. And there's a cost to serving God. And Joshua says, hey, if, you, if, if God is worth serving, because everybody serves something, you gotta do something with that. Destroy the idols among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Because every, every act of service requires sacrifice, every, everyone. This is not unique to Christianity, it's not unique to faith. Every act of service requires sacrifice. Saying yes to something always means saying no to something else. And so when I say yes to serving the God that created me, that means that I say no to some ways of living and some ways of thinking, some ways of talking. Every sacrifice or every uh, servant being, being a servant and every, every time I, I serve something, it, I, I sacrifice. The same is true with money. That if I decide, no, I don't wanna serve God, I, I wanna serve money, well, that's, that's fine. But you just need to know that by serving money, I'm sacrificing maybe it's time at home with the family. I'm sacrificing my, my children's childhood because I'm so devoted to money, over time, over time, over time, get, 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 but the price of that is my kids grow up and I'm not always around. Every act of service requires sacrifice. And so God gives, 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 and then God asks, I want you to serve me. I want you to give something to me. And you know, it's that, that old line is that, you know, words are not that important. It's actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. And so Joshua, he's getting ready to, to show us here in just a second. It's kind of a little bit, little bit funny. The people say, yes, we can do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. But Joshua says, but, but really, can you? If you say that you are going to serve God, what does that look like day in and day out and in your life and in, in my life? We have to ask the same question. Is that what does it look like to serve God? Are there some idols that we need to put away? By choosing to be devoted to God, what are some things that I need to say? These things, that, I mean, they, they're not necessarily even sinful, but I just don't want to be devoted to them. I wanna put away some things so that I can serve God. Every act of service requires sacrifice, and so God, if you're calling me to put away some things and to stop some things and to move away from some things, then I'm going to be willing to do that. Not so that you will do things for me. It's not so that, you can, uh, so that I can get into your saving grace. No, we already said, God has already done that. Verses one through 13. God gave, God gave, God gave, God gave, God gave, and in response to that, if there's some idols in my life, if there are some things that are crowding out God in 
my life, if there's something that's keeping me from serving God wholeheartedly, then I'm going to do that. I don't want to just get caught in the trap of serving God for a little bit on Sundays and then the rest of the week is mine and it's for my pleasure and it's for my money and it's for what I think is right and what I think is good. No, I'm going to wholeheartedly serve God. God is going to be my life. He's not an add-on. He's not an accessory. God is my life. And then I add things onto that. I can only serve one master. I'll be devoted to one or hate the other. I'll hate the one and be devoted to the other. And so based on what God has been to me and based on how gracious God has been to me, I'm gonna be devoted. I'm gonna give my life for him. And then here's the thing, the last thing is you consider the things to serve. What does it promise you in the future? What has it given you in the past? What is it asking from you in the present? And what does it promise you in the future? And Joshua, I mean, again, Joshua kind of gets into our face just a little bit. And, and I prefer, you know, the verses that say, man, God is so loving and God is so gracious. And, I, and those are all true and beautiful and wonderful. But, but Joshua is going to say there is another side to God, that his love also, the other side of it, there is judgment that there is mercy and there's grace, but there's also the, the judgment of God and there's the justice of God. And we don't like to talk about that very much and we don't wanna see that very much, but it's just, this is who God is. He is so full of love and so full of mercy and so full of grace. He's also so full of justice and he's full of, I'm going to always do the right thing. And so Joshua warned the people, this is verse number 19 and 20, Joshua warned the people, remember how gracious God was and how loving God was that you didn't do anything to earn that? God just poured out love and poured out grace and poured out mercy and poured out miraculous things on your behalf. Remember that? I want you to serve me, okay. But if I don't want to, Joshua warned the people. You're, you're not able to, to do that. Like he's, you know, they, they had just said, yeah, we're gonna serve him. It's gonna be great. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Nah, jo and Joshua kind of wants to hold their feet to the fire a little bit. No, nah, you're not able to do that. For he's holy and jealous, God. He's not gonna forgive your rebellion or your sins. In other words, like if you just, if this is just this half-hearted thing, if this is just this laissez-faire, yeah, when I feel like it, and yeah, when I need help, and when I need rescued, Joshua says, that's, that's not what God is after. He says, if you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you even though he has been good to you. And there is this truth and there is this tension that we live in, is that God is so full of grace and yet he's also full of justice. And there is so much forgiveness and mercy offered to us, but there comes a time when that expires is that the Hebrew author of the Hebrew says, it's appointed once for a man to die, and at that moment, my opportunity to, to receive God's grace and to receive God's forgiveness, that opportunity has been cut off. It, there's an expiration date. It says there's an, it's appointed a man for once to die, and, and then comes the judgment, that while I'm living, God's grace is available, and God's mercy is poured out, and God is wide open. Come to me, come to me, come to me. I'm going to give, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give. But at the moment of my death, and at the moment of your death, God is saying, now, now we're gonna judge. 
Now we're gonna look at, did you, not were you the best behavior, and not were you the person that did all of the right things, just did you throw yourself upon the mercy and grace and forgiveness of God, and if you didn't, you, you missed your moment. You missed your window. That, that time has expired. Jesus, again, one of the scariest verses in, in all of Scripture, he says it this way in, in Matthew, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those, like talk is cheap, in other words. Only those who actually, listen, look at this word, do something. I see what he's given me in the past and now in the present while I'm here on, what is it, September the 3rd, 2023, I'm gonna do something with that. I'm gonna put away some idols. I don't wanna just serve God kind of as an accessory. I don't want him to just be a tiny portion of my life. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter on judgment day. It's appointed when wants to die and then the judgment. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, Look at all the things that we did. I mean, God, we, we knew all the right things to say, and we sang all of the songs. We prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name, and we performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I, there was no relationship there. There was no connection there. I mean, you, you, yeah, you, you, you had the motions. You went through the things, and you learned the prayers, and you attended the classes, but was there relationship there? Was there connection? And God says there, there wasn't. And so what is it offering you in the future? Well, if I ser spend my life serving money, well, in the future, it, can that hold my eternity? I mean, I love money. I, I want you to have some money. I'd like to, you to have more money than you have right now. I'm, I'm, I'm pro that. But can it hold my eternity? Is, is money able and strong enough to outweigh the judgment of God? And if I spend my life to be an influencer and to be popular and to make my name known, is that enough to hold me in eternity? What does it promise you in the future? Jesus promises that those who throw themselves on the mercy and the grace of God, there is a promise of the future waiting for you, that the cross is strong enough to hold me in the future. Jesus said it this way. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't, don't get so anxious. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's house. In other words, no matter what your past has looked like, no matter how much of a wreck you have made your life and how much of a wreck I've made my life up to this point, there is room at the table for you. You are not held at an arm's length. You are not shoved to the side. You are invited. You are welcomed with open arms. The cross that was good enough for me is the cross that's good enough for you. There is room in heaven for you. If this were not so, I would not have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I'm gonna come and get you. I, I promise in the future, if you look at what I've done for you in the past, and if you put that into practice in your present, the future is going to be so much better than you could ever imagine. You're always gonna be with me where I am. And so that's what God offers. Is God worth serving? Is God worth serving? That's the question that you have to answer. As for me, 
I think the answer is yes. Because I see what he's done in the past. And so that brings me to a place of, God, if there's some things in my life that are keeping you from being the forefront, I'm willing to, what Joshua said, put away some idols. And I'm willing to, Joshua said it this way, choose today. Like every day, I choose. Not, not, not every day do I have to be saved again. That's, that's terrible theology. But I just wake up every day because I know there's gonna be temptations and I know there's gonna be things that try to pull me and, and tempt me and say, hey, why don't you serve me and why don't you devote yourself to me today? And so I just, like Joshua, choose today. Hey, it's Monday morning. I know there's gonna be the temptation to pour my life out for this and to give my life to this, but for me, I'm gonna serve the Lord. And on Tuesday, I'm, I'm choosing again today. I'm serving the Lord. And on Wednesday, I wake up and I realize, you know what, yesterday, I didn't really serve the Lord. I kind of let, let money be my master yesterday or I let my own passions be my master yesterday. I let pleasure be my master. So Wednesday, I'm, I'm throwing myself once again on the grace and forgiveness of God and I'm choosing, I'm gonna serve the Lord. I'm gonna serve the Lord. And by doing that, I know there's something waiting for me in the future. Let me pray for us. Let me, Heavenly Father, this is a difficult thing maybe for some of us to hear that you've invited us to not just be a church attender but to be a servant, to be a person that is devoted to you, to be a, one that we say you are the master, you are the steering wheel of our life. And so Lord, I pray for those that may be in that, that tension right now and that struggle. I'm just praying that you would awaken them to what you have done for them up to this point. How gracious you have been and how merciful you have been and how forgiving and you have been and all the times where you could have left us hanging high and dry, but you came through for us over and over. Lord, I'm praying that you would bring those things to mind. And Lord, when we weigh you out against all the other things that vie for our attention. Would we be willing to say, as Joshua said, as for me and for my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And so Lord, bring us to a place of understanding. If we've let some idols slip into our life, if we were guilty of using you as an accessory to the rest of our life, Lord, we need your forgiveness for that. And we wanna be fully devoted to you. And Lord, we're so grateful this morning that there is room in heaven for us with all of our baggage and all of our mistakes and all of our hangups. There is room at the table for us. And so Lord, I'm praying that we would choose to throw ourselves on the mercy and grace of our heavenly Father so that one day on that judgment day, you'll be able to say to us, well done, you're good and faithful servant. It's in your name that we pray, amen, amen.